Welcome to the Tear Talk Podcast with author, coach, and speaker, Mashani Allen. Known as the Golden Scribe, Mashani has over two decades of writing experience, and her passion for the craft has given her the opportunity to impart wisdom, affirmation, hope, and confidence into many. Let's listen now as Mashani delves deep into the Tear Talk journey and takes us on a discovery of the power of the pen. Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome to the Tears Talk Podcast. I'm so happy that you joined on today. Ooh, today's topic is pretty much the last two years of my life. And it's called my anonymous season. And I have to give you a little background in order for you to fully understand this season. So if you've been tracking with me for some time, you know that I was born and raised in Florida, lived in Chicago, and moved to California. Well, when I moved here, I had a friend who I was with at the time, and she was attending a particular ministry, and I would go with her, but it didn't feel like home to me. So the ministry that I was a part of in Chicago The leader there actually ended up coming to California and I went to the service that he was attending. And I'll never forget that moment because I've never seen him do this since. But before he got ready to minister, he asked if he had any of his former members. And I stood up and he began to speak over me. And one of the things that he said was, with all the teaching and training on the inside of you, I pray that you're a part of a ministry that is taking advantage of all of the teaching and training on the inside of you. The first part isn't right. So he said, I pray that you're a part of a ministry that is taking advantage of all the teaching and the training that is in on the inside of you. That's part of what he had said. And I sat down and I really had to begin to think about where I was and where I should be. So a few months after he had left, I went and visited that ministry again. And when I went to visit the ministry again, when I walked in and they started with worship, it felt like home. It felt like home. I hadn't been able to just worship and cry in so long. It felt like home. And I ended up joining the ministry and became very close with leadership. I think I joined in like July and Apostle Jason and Pastor Kathy invited me and another friend who followed me there um, invited us to lunch and he asked me was I ready to work and I asked him what he needed and he said he wanted his people to be trained and I told him I believed in making people a one-stop shop and He was like, if you put the curriculum together, we'll institute it. I think that was probably in October. I wrote a full curriculum and had it in his hand by the end of November. And we instituted Regency Kingdom training that following year. And if you were going to be a part of the altar team or the deliverance team or pretty much any team, you had to go through those classes. And I was so excited because the first day of the first offering, we had over 100 people show up and we didn't offer the course just for our church. We had it open to the public, 
So we had one couple that was back from a Baptist church. We had some people that came from a Catholic church. So we had people from all over that came to take the course. And it was a 16-week intensive training, had homework. <laughs> I am not the teacher to play with. <laughs> I believe in homework. So it was an excellent, excellent opportunity so for, for training. And I was the instructor. So that established my leadership at Regency. And it developed a beautiful relationship between me and the leaders of Regency. And Apostle Jason really would stretch me and challenge me to do more and more and more. And I remember he one Sunday, because then I became the lead of the altar team and I had altar captains and <laughs> it was it was a lot of responsibility. And one time I was watching the altar and he came and he walked over to me and he was like, Mashani, do you have a license? And I was like, yeah, I can drive. <laughs> I can be a little goofy at times. He looked at me like, seriously, he's like, no, <laughs> do you have a, a minister's license? I was like, no, I've, I, I've never had a license. I've just always done the word, but I've, I've never had a license. And um, he was like, okay, well, we're going to be doing some licensing. So I think this was about 20, um, 20 in 2016. So I became a part of the ministry. I moved to Chicago in 2012. I think I joined there in 2013, 2014. And this is in 2017. And so in January, he told me there was going to be an application to fill out and everything. And you know, I'll be a part of the team that is getting licensed to minister. And the week that led up to the Sunday <laughs> of me being one who was to receive a minister's license, I get a text from Apostle Jason and he's like, Mashani, can you talk? And I was like, yes. So he called and he was like, so how are you? I'm like, I'm good. And he was like, well, I've been in prayer. And God said for me to ordain you. <laughs> and I'm looking at the phone like, huh? <laughs> wait, 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 what? <laughs> what? What's happening here? And he let me know that he will be ordaining me on Sunday into the office of a prophet. And I didn't sleep for 24 hours because I began to feel the weight of the call and the responsibility and the mantle and everything that comes along with it. I had been operating in it for years. It had been acknowledged by many, but I had never been set. And the thing was, no one knew it was happening. So when we got to service on Sunday, he was the giddiest. I, he was so excited and nobody knew why. <laughs> And I remember I was sitting there. I rarely wear makeup to church because I cry all the, the whole service, but I had full face runway makeup on that Sunday. And I remember one of the ladies who was getting the minister license, she's like, you're supposed to be up here. I'm like, no, it's okay. It's okay. So he did the ministers and then he did the commission and the call. And then he called me up and did the ordination for me into the office of a prophet. And it was a beautiful, beautiful moment because he had not ordained anyone in like over 10 years. So it was a huge, huge honor that he listened to God and 
that he was willing to ordain me. So that happened in 2017. And Apostle Jason had beat cancer before and it came back. And that's why I just counted such an honor to have been under him because had cancer taken him out, I would have never met him when I moved to California. So his life ended up being extended seven years. I believe it's seven years from when he first beat cancer. And I came within the six of those seven years. And he ended up, he fought as anyone could. And he would save all of his energy for Sunday morning. And he would literally leave it all on the altar. And there was just so much that I gained and that I learned from him that is just absolutely priceless. But in February of 2019, um, he got his wings and he has been with the father ever since. And um, I ended up writing a tribute to him on Facebook, but I also ended up writing. They allowed me to speak at his um, celebration of life service. And I wrote the following in honor of Apostle Jason Guerrero. I thought we had forever. There were things I thought you'd see. I thought you'd see the fruit and the reward of what you deposited in me. I thought we had forever. I just knew you would be at the end of the aisle, having me repeat after you as I exchanged my wedding vows. Still not married. <laughs> I thought we had forever. And I would tell you of all my travels and you would share wisdom and mysteries we would unravel. I thought we had forever, but that change with just one call saying AJ is with Jesus. And I felt my heart break and fall. Although it's not forever, I'm grateful for each day. Each joke, memory, and conversation, all you had to share and say. I'm grateful for the model, the example, and the man who was a tenacious prayer warrior who knew how to engage and stand. I'm grateful for the integrity and genuine reverential fear of the Lord, a man who truly shunned all forms of evil and dispelled all discord. I'm thankful to God for this precious and rare journey jewel who was a gentle giant, never mean, evil, or cruel. I'm thankful for this theologian who studied and released pure revelation and knowledge which caused our astonishment to never cease. I'm thankful for the legacy which Apostle Jason Guerrero deposited in us and from his strong, broad shoulders, we will now be catapulted and thrust. I'm thankful for the sincere love which he gave unselfishly, constantly displaying Jesus 
for all the world to see. I thought we had forever. I thought we had more time. But from your life will come a radiance that will forever shine. I'm looking forward to forever, to see your smiling face again, and hear your unique giggle as we embrace in heaven. Enjoy Jesus, AJ. So that was February of 2019, and it was extremely challenging after that. And I realized that there was a greater pull from me, but I didn't have anything to give as a result of losing him. And I remember one time I went to service on a Friday night and I went up for prayer. And I think I was the last one they prayed for. But when the person was praying for me, I was like, is she praying for me or is she pulling from me? And I began to see that because of everyone's brokenness, they're going to pull from everyone they possibly can, especially those who they consider strong. But this loss hit me in a way that I wasn't prepared for. And... I knew that with his leaving, there would be shifts and changes. And I had to determine what was the will of God for me going forward. And I was asked to minister. And the last sermon that I ministered was on divine dealings. And in that message, I spoke about Moses and the burning bush. And I talked about this was in March. Yeah, this was in March of 2019, the end of March of 2019, I think like March 24th or 25th of 2019. And I spoke about divine dealings and how Moses had to turn away from what he was leading. He had to turn aside to pay attention to this bush that was burning. He had to turn aside and, 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 and in his turning, he ended up having an encounter with God and got the blueprint and the instructions and the purpose and the will of God for his life. And I was encouraging um, everyone to turn aside and take them that moment with God. You know, sometimes you have to step away to really hear what he is saying concerning you. And I had no idea that the message that I had ministered, that I would literally walk into myself. So I went and looked in the Bible to see biblically how long they mourned for Moses and it was 30 days. So I said that I would take 30 days to grieve and to heal. So I took the month of April away from the church. And during that time, I was getting counseling. I was getting ministry. And I was praying about what God wanted for me. And unbeknownst to me, I had received 
three different prophetic words between 2018 and 20, 2017, 2018, and I think 2019, that it was time for me to lead the ministry. Not that anything was bad or not that anything was wrong, but it was time for me to do my next as part as far as God was concerned. And I remember speaking with one of the apostles and he said something that I'll never forget. And he said, Mashani, what you're dealing with is the grieving of leaving. You're grieving AJ, but you're also grieving that you have to leave Regency. And that was one of the hardest decisions that I've ever had to make. Because many times when people leave a place, it's because everything is bad. But what happens when you have to leave a place when things are good, but it's time? And when it comes to leadership, there really never is a good time (laughs) for a leader who has been a pillar to leave. And I had to make the hard decision to transition out of Regency. But I had no idea how high of a cost that would be. I never knew that making a decision to obey God would forfeit me being loved by people who I had been in fellowship with for years. There are some people that I haven't heard from or spoken to since May 5th of 2019. And what was extremely challenging was the fact that it wasn't just my church, it was my community. They were like family, especially since my family is everywhere. Even though my sister lives here, she lives in Northern California. So that between losing AJ, that was its own grief. Leaving the church added another level of grief. And that sent me into my anonymous season. Now, that term is not my own. It is actually a book by Alicia Chloe Britt, and it's titled Anonymous, Jesus Hidden Years in yours. And the last two years I have been in an anonymous season. And it's not that I've been hiding because hidden and hiding is not the same thing. But within these two years, there has been a lot of breaking. There's been a lot of healing. There's been a lot of realignment. There's been a lot of readjustment and new perspectives, and a greater identity, even in Christ. I realized during that time that my identity started to have a mixture with my gift, meaning I found identity in holding a mic. I found identity in being before the people And it never should have been that way. Whether I hold another mic, whether I release another word, whether I minister again, 
that should not shift or change my identity being in Christ. So there was a deep inner work that has been done in these past two years. There were truths that I had to come to, though painful, that dealt with my character being realigned rightly. I think that we can all play a part and we can all play a role, but there comes a point where truth has to prevail. And although it had truly been one of the hardest seasons of my life because it was extremely lonely, I have now, now that I'm on the other side of it, I have found it to be one of the greatest times of my life because the level of strength, the level of healing, the level of hope, and the level of love that I now exude is from the purest place that it has ever, ever been. And I just want to share with you one part of the book that I quickly looked up to see. And it says, Unseen and uncelebrated, in the thick of anonymous seasons, we must choose between one of two paths. We can become resentful and cynical, or we can become respectful and submitted. The first road leads to bitterness, the second to authority. She also said, when God's whispers call us to release being celebrated and embrace being hidden, wisdom would invite us to bow in submission and bend in anticipation. In surrendering our fullness, we will gain eternal strength. So as a result of this anonymous season, the other side is this broadcast, Tear Talk. I just didn't want to be one who ministered from a broken place. And I felt that if I did not grieve properly, I would not be able to walk fully in all that God has called me to do. Many people are afraid to step away because of what they'll lose. But I was more afraid to stay because of who I would lose. And that would be me. So by the grace of God, I stepped away and endured two of the hardest years of my life. And now as a result, I am stronger. I am bolder. I am happier. And I am freer than I've ever been in my life. The anonymous season, the hidden years, that hidden time can be the most blessed, the most prosperous, and the most beautiful, although the most painful. I thank you for listening. And I pray that the next time that you see a podcast that's come live, that you choose to press play. Thank you for joining the Tear Talk podcast. 
You can purchase today's featured t-shirt and learn more about Mashani by visiting MashaniAllen.com. Also, check out her exclusive line of custom journals at bit.ly forward slash the golden scribe. Thank you.